welcome to Founded Fetch Day. I'm Joe Parrott, founder of the Ladies Working Dog Group, and I'm pleased you're joining us. We're all about diving into the fascinating world of gun dogs. Whether you're a beginner or have years of experience, there's something here for you. So get comfy and let's get this conversation started. Hello and welcome to another episode of Founded Fetch Day. As some of you may have noticed, we're back weekly with you. We tried fortnightly and it didn't work for us and we don't believe it worked for you either. So we're back every week, every Friday in your podcast platform to bring you some information about dogs, why we love them, why we do what we do. So this week, we're going to start off with a bit of a sad topic. Emma Liddell, the LWDG Mindset Coach, is here to talk to me all about how we can manage bereavement when a dog dies. So... First of all, hello Emma, how are you this week? I'm good, thank you, Joe. And it's 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 quite a sombre, but I think a really poignant topic for us to talk about because often when we get our dogs, we know that at some point we're gonna lose them, but it never becomes any easier for us. So I think it's a really useful thing that there there will be people out there listening who may be about to lose a dog or have just lost a dog and hopefully they'll be able to get some support through this. It's definitely a lot of us go through um, with our pets. And I think it's hard enough if your pet is just a pet. But I think if you've spent day after day, hour after hour, working with your dog, the bond is far, far greater, isn't it? Absolutely. So if we compare it to kind of a normal pet dog where they're just part of the family, and I say just, they are part of the family. Our dogs are our hobbies. They are our companions. For some of us, they are our tools for work as well. They are they are the people that help us or the animals that help us get the job done. So it's not it's not just a simple relationship. It becomes a much more complex relationship between us and our dogs about seeing them as a pet, seeing them as a, a friend, seeing them as a working dog that provides a purpose for us, which is, is very, very different. I see a lot of ladies in our group um, share the loss of one of their working dogs and as as it is for everyone, the heartache is is so noticeable. And I try my best where we can to even send out from the group like a sympathy card or something because they really do feel like they've lost a limb, don't they? You know, that, that dog might have been part of a team that did a specific role or it might have been their only gun dog. It might have been the last gun dog of a line. Their, their bonds might be so deep the wound is incredible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I think, you know, I, I always laugh and joke about when I got Scout, my first working gun dog, I referred to him for the first three months that I had him as backup puppy because I knew that my my existing dog, who's 11, at some point is, is no longer going to be with us. And I knew that there was no way I would be able to cope without having another dog in the house. So I, I specifically bought this puppy. I know it won't change the grief of overleading fudge, but I knew that because of my lifestyle and because of the way I see my dogs and the time I spend with them and the relationship I have with them, to then go from that potentially of not having a dog in the property for me would be absolutely overwhelming. So if we talk about like losing one of our pets, um, how incredibly painful it is, can you share some initial steps that our listeners could take when it comes to like, coming to terms with such a big loss? Yeah, so the first thing, and this is something that I'll say a lot, is is about being kind to yourself. So it's really important to understand that grief, whilst it is uncomfortable, is absolutely normal. 
after after the death of anything we love a pet a loved one and whilst it can feel absolutely distressing and overwhelming it goes through different stages there is a cycle that we go through and it does lessen over time with intensity and frequency so there's no time frame on it though and some people say well when will it get better so for some people generally they experience decreased symptoms in six to twelve months which then lessen over the next years but if it's a traumatic loss, and that's something which I think it's important we do kind of separate out, there is kind of a bereavement of a pet getting older and then um, the pet dying or being um, put to sleep as part of that. And then there is sometimes where it's very sudden and very unexpected. And that becomes kind of a traumatic loss, which is slightly different. And it's often harder to cope with that. If the loss was unexpected, whether it's um, as a result of an incident, whether it's as a result of an unexpected injury, the way that we grieve about it will be very, very different. So the characteristics of the death can really heighten that risk of a traumatic reaction, depending on on that kind of on, on that bereavement, really. Yeah, because I can remember um, at the beginning of this year having um, dad's last remaining trial and dog, Grace, who lived with us. Uh, it was time for it to be put to sleep. And for me, she was, you know, I come to terms with the fact that she was elderly that sometimes she was going to need to go. But she was also what I felt was my last physical link to dad. She was that, it's such an odd thing to say and people listening may or may not understand. I could see dad with her and then she was with me. So in some ways she was a connection to him. But her death hit me in a very different way to other deaths. I grew up on a small holding, death is part of life. I was taught that from a really young age. You know, I, I saw lambs being born and passing. I, I saw pups being born and passing. And I not come to terms with it because that's not, not right. But I, I knew how the cycle worked. But certain death, they just hit you, don't they? Yeah. And I think I think when we think about that, it's for you, it's not necessarily, it's not only just about the dog and the dog's life and the fact that we love the dog and we care for the dog. It's about what the dog stands for for us. And, and for that, it might be the last of a breeding line. It might be the last ever I don't know, Labrador we own because we've decided we're not going to get any more because we've got cockers or it might be. So it, it, it sometimes that death is also about the end of an era of an experience that you've had with that. And that can be so you're grieving for two things. You're not only grieving for the fact that a life has ended, which we've, we've cared about and loved very deeply, but it's also about what that means for us moving forward. And that can be quite, quite different. And, and it's not anywhere near the same, but the way I describe it, it's, it's similar to moving house. You know, we, sometimes we're, we're excited about where we're going to, but there's still that there's bittersweet ending where, where that kind of door closes and we go, right, that chapter's now ended. And, and there can be a sense of loss. Any significant change that we have, the end of a relationship, the moving of a house, the changing of a job, a bereavement, they all, we all go through a change cycle and, and it's a, you can, you can map it out and I'll take you through that in a little while because any significant change, we go through the same phases. And we originally thought it was just about bereavement, but actually it's about any loss, any loss that we go through. And were we talking about like the loss of, of or the end of an era? I think as well what I see in our ladies is when the dog is young, is the loss of potential. So they may have just started working with the dog. The dog was incredibly well. They saw this dog as being like, the dog that got them to maybe one of their goals or they could see themselves advancing with the dog and and that loss of potential hits them hard as well doesn't it 
yeah because it's the, it's the loss of the dream that we've had with that dog as well so often and when we talk about things being traumatic and we're talking about traumatic grief when when the dog is young or it's very unexpected or there's been an incident god forbid on a shoot or whatever else where the dog has been injured and, and has had to be put to sleep as a result of that um it's it's about the loss of the city of our world at that point and when we go out that morning with, with our dog we assume that we're going to come home with that dog and our dog is going to be happy and healthy you know we assume that when we buy a dog that generally our dog is going to live to hopefully at least 10 if not older and so we've kind of taken on this lovely little puppy but we have this belief that our puppy is going to be with us for x amount of time and when that doesn't happen the stability of our world crumbles and it's exactly the same when we talk about bereavements of of kind of younger people we know that people struggle to adapt or adjust post bereavement when the person has been younger especially with children than we do with older people because we think well they've had a good opportunity at life they've had good innings they got to a good age whereas actually if that per- if that is a, if it's a young child at 5 years old or a teenager or even someone in their kind of 30s 40s 50s it it seems unfair to us and we we struggle to adjust to that a little bit more because the stability of our world seems unfair because we we believe that people die and dogs die when they're older and when that gets challenged we don't like it it becomes very hard for us to have that reminder that life is maybe a little bit more vulnerable than we would like so we're talking a little bit about or you're just sort of like brushing on like the the common emotional stages or the reactions that people experience after losing it yeah are they similar to traditional grief stages like if we lose a human absolutely it's exactly the same and and that's why sometimes we struggle when people who maybe don't see dogs in the same frame as us go well it's just a dog well it isn't because to us it's our partner it's our friend and actually our dogs potentially the majority of us myself included our dogs have got us through a lot you know my dog has got me has got me through some very difficult times where i've been very emotionally struggling and my dog has been my constant and so that he is my companion and so to go through that is very difficult and it, it's the same as a lot as kind of going through the loss of a human so generally the first start of it is kind of denial that kind of moment where we wake up in the morning and we forget and then we remember that our dog is no longer with us so we kind of have avoidance confusion shock fear we might find things like we don't want to take their lead off where we normally put the lead the collar is a very emotional thing for us people don't even want to move away food or water bowls they don't want to tidy them away because it's just too difficult at that point and then we kind of go through that anger it feels unfair the frustration the irritation the anxiety that might come up with it and then we kind of go into what we affectionately refer to as a therapist is the pit of despair the bit at the bottom and we can cycle round that pit of despair it's kind of not just this curve that goes through we can kind of get stuck in there if we're not careful and we will for a little time as we kind of processing what's happened to us which is the bargaining part so struggling to find meaning especially if it's a traumatic bereavement reaching out to others we find that we look at photos we tell stories about our dog we reminisce about our dog we may want to avoid that for a while again and then we go back into it we might get mementos of our dogs we might have had paw prints taken or have some of their fur made into something that's meaningful for us uh, some people get tattoos of their dog's paw prints or their name of their dog because it's part of that process a part of, of kind of um, having a memorial to something that was very meaningful for us in that story we then go through kind of often quite a depression low overwhelmed feeling helpless we can kind of be quite hostile if people want to talk about it we might become quite reactive we don't want to talk about it anymore 
Um, we want to focus on maybe the dogs that we do have and we don't want to talk about the dog that we've lost. And then eventually we slowly come out of that and we come to this point of acceptance, uh, which is where we explore a new world after that dog has passed away. So it's about what am I going to do? How am I going to move on? What will my world look like? And there's a fantastic phrase that I think is so helpful when we talk about any form of grief. Grief never goes away, ever. We just learn to incorporate it better into our life. So we're never going to be okay with the losses that we've had. We're never going to be all right that we've lost that person or that dog or whatever else. We learn how to incorporate that grief into our life so we can carry on functioning. And a really lovely metaphor that I use is if we imagine it's like, if we imagine that our life is a plant and we have all these beautiful leaves that come out of this plant, when we lose something that's meaningful to us, one leaf dies. But that doesn't mean that the plant isn't going to carry on growing. It also doesn't mean that the leaf is eventually going to disappear. Eventually it will over time. But that scar of that leaf no longer being there is part of the plant. But that doesn't mean the plant can't grow and flourish and continue. But telling someone that right at that point in time where they've just lost their beloved pet is not going to be helpful at all at that point. No, and I think like you've touched upon it there and a little bit earlier, you know, people sometimes completely don't understand the grief of a dog or, you know, how you, um, how much has hit you. So like, what advice do you have for those who maybe feel like isolated or misunderstood in that grief where people are like, okay, it's time to get over it now. It was, it was just the dog. In the nicest way, those are probably not the best people to spend a huge amount of time around, which is hard when they're your family members, potentially. Um, and it's okay to say to them, I understand for you, it was just a dog, but I am still working with this. I'm still sitting with this. Um, and spend time with people who do get it. And that's okay. It's okay. And I see lovely posts on the Ladies Working Dog group where, and I know Joe, when you recently sent a lovely bereavement card to a member who who was so, so grateful when when she disclosed about the loss of her dog spend time talking to people that get it um because there are there will be some people who are not animal people who won't understand it and that doesn't mean that they're cold or heartless or wrong they just don't understand it like I'm not a massive cat person and so if someone's lost their cat I can go oh that sounds horrible and I feel sad for you but I wouldn't understand it the way I would when someone loses their dog so it's okay to then reach out to the people that do know and and people that have gone through that process they may not go through it the same way and that's the bit that I'd really advocate grief is not the same for each person so my version of grief will be very different to someone else's so just share and some of it will resonate with you some of it won't but it's okay to say to other people I hear what you're saying I'm just not ready yet I think in our community we do have that understanding you know even if we've not gone through the loss yet ourselves this is our first job we do understand the connection and we do understand and appreciate how badly that connection will feel even if it's just for us individually when that connection goes you know it's nothing I don't know maybe it's people who just like I say it's people who work animals until you've known that connection with an animal you can't understand why you feel such a, a bad thing when they leave us but what do like owners do and what things can we do to prepare ourselves for the eventual loss because especially if our dogs getting older and we know that you know it may be around the corner like months or a year or so rather mm -hmm. than when we've got them in a pack when we're seeing things you know decades away what can we do to 
not to like not be in grief because we'd all going to go through grief but what can we do to prepare for that so and this is kind of where I am at the moment with with my dog who's 11 he's still in good health but I know that statistically I might get another two three years out of him maybe and I can see that he's slowing down and part of it is being honest with myself that that is happening uh making decisions about him being as comfortable as possible making decisions about when will I know it's time and 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 how will I know it's time and and the best advice I can generally give and obviously it's none of its veterinary advice is we love our dogs the sheer fact we're considering it probably means we're close to that point anyway um because we wouldn't want to put a dog down prematurely we wouldn't want to go through that journey what will that journey look like? Would you want to take the dog to the vets? Do you want to get the dog to come out, to, the vets to come out to you? Obviously, with the financial implication that that might have, I would say absolutely think about mementos. Think about what's going to be important to you. You know, would it be useful for you to take some paw prints from your dog now? You can have those memories of when he's he or she's happy and healthy doing that, rather than um, potentially towards the end where it's more distressing. Um, things like paw prints, nose prints all those other things, photos, mementos. Think about actually what part of your dog's kit that you've got do you want to keep? You know, is it a lead? Is it a bowl? Is it a, you know, some people do amazing things where they turn their leads into kind of plant pots and they grow a plant in there. Um, Again, for some people, it's do they want to have their dog cremated? Would they like to do something with the ashes? Is that something that they'd like to consider? For other people, they won't want to do that. There's no right or wrong way of doing it. But I would say, as a as a culture, especially most of us are British, we are we are very uncomfortable talking about death. Uh, we never used to be in Victorian times because infant mortality was quite high. We we were, death was part of kind of what we, we spoke about all the time. Now we, we move away from it. And I do think as a as a group of, of women, it's okay to talk to each other about it as well and say, look, actually I'm starting to see my dog slow down and I'm starting to start thinking that actually, do you know what, we probably won't see this season out with him or actually we've maybe got a year left with him or her you know what have you done to to kind of to kind of support you know yourself and you might they might say well I had a ring made and I did that and you might say well that doesn't really work for me or actually do you know what I do want to I don't know take one of their old dog coats and sew it into a bear or you know something that's really meaningful for you most of us do want to keep a memento of, of, of our dogs in some way shape or form but it's what's comfortable for you for some people absolutely Having a paperweight made of their dog's ashes would be useful. Some some other people might find that really uncomfortable and just want to keep a dog collar or keep their favourite dog bowl with their name on it and keep that to one side and, I don't know, grow a plant in it or something. So it's 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 about being honest that that's coming. Um, being in denial won't help. We will all lose our dogs, um, hopefully very late on in their life, and it will be a very comfortable ending for all of them. But it's about being honest with ourselves and each other. Talk to your family members everyone's going to grieve differently if you've got children how are they going to cope with that how are they going to manage that do they need to be part of understanding the dog being put to sleep again depending on the age of the child is it appropriate to have the child there is it appropriate to not have the child there speak to your partner if they're not working dog people you might want to prepare them I'm not going to be okay about this for a period of time and you may not understand why but I'd really like you to be there and help me and actually please, for the first three months, don't discuss us getting another puppy because I don't want to feel like I'm replacing my old dog. Or actually, I really want to get a puppy because I don't want to have kind of an empty house. So I want to have something to focus on. And we're all different. There's no right or wrong way of grieving. 
but just thinking about it although it's uncomfortable and I I'm one of those people that I can't even read if I read the shooting times they talk about a dog coming to their last season I, I start welling up like when I think about my dog dying I could cry thinking about it right now but it's important that I do because then it's not a shock. I know it's not a shock to me when it's going to happen but I've already thought about what would I like to do what would be helpful for me and I might change my mind at the time but I can prepare for it a little bit better and I think as well like we talk about the connections we've got with our dog and a lot of them like live in the house and things and, and again if I look back and, and reference dad because we grew up in a small holding you know animals would die and dad dad would like literally blink it off literally blink it off um and I had a Yorkshire Terrier when I think I had her when I was like maybe nine. She was still bun and she was like my Yorkshire Terrier. And she fell and when she was like two or three, she fell under the wheel of dad's truck. She used to jump up onto the wall to get out of the way of the truck. As she jumped, she fell back and she fell under. And, and dad killed her. Um, and dad was distraught, like literally distraught. He went and, and got me another pup the same day. Because in my dad's eyes, that was the way he felt I would deal with it. You know, replace one with another. Unfortunately, it didn't work out with that. I didn't bond with the second dog the way I had bonded with the first because I didn't have time to grieve what happened, if you know what I mean. But if I look back, that whole re- way he like dealt with Heidi's death made me see, I suppose, that like if a dog lives in the house and is part of your family, you end up becoming almost like I know people don't like the like child and parent analogies we put on to them. But you do become like a, a pet parent, don't you? So when you lose that part of your family, you are grieving in a very different way to if you don't have that connection, you just see the, the dog as an animal rather than as part of the family. Yeah. So a really good example is so I, I used to have a bird of prey, a hawk. He used to live in my garden and I used to train him and I used to fly him, but he never lived in the house. And the relationship I had with him, obviously he's a very different animal, was exceptionally different. He trusted me and he tolerated me. Did he love me? Not really. Would he work for me? Absolutely. So when I had to rehome him, um, the the level of emotion around it was different to if I had to make the choice to rehome a dog or lost a dog because of the nature of it. And that's not to say that people who keep their dogs outside in kennels don't love their dogs because they absolutely do. Sometimes it's just more practical more practical having 12 dogs in a kennel than it is having 12 dogs bouncing around your house. Um, So it's very much around the relationship you have with that dog. If that dog is seen as a just a tool, then and a a working dog, for example, some farm dogs, etc, the relationship is very, very different. But if that dog is even a kennel dog, but that is your dog that you've done these amazing trials with, and it's got a fantastic lineage and a pedigree, and it's, you've had this whole journey with this line of dog, it can be really, really emotional. So it's about what the dog means to you um, and for everyone that's different. And bear in mind that your partner or loved one at home will have a different relationship with that dog because they don't go out beating with it. They don't go out shooting with it. They don't, the dog's just there and you take it out training. So the way that they're going to grieve for that dog may be very different to the way you grieve for that dog. And like you said about Heidi, Heidi's death was a really traumatic one. So it was unexpected. And that is different. The way we grieve that when we've got uh, symptoms of complicated grief, we can feel many, many different things. And I can completely understand your your dad's practical approach about we'll get her another dog so she can transfer her love from from Heidi onto this other dog. Whereas actually you weren't ready for that. And again, that's a really big question about when will you be ready to have another dog? 
Um, and for some people, it will be straight away. For me, I've got backup puppy. Uh, so even before I've just gone, I've already got another dog. But for someone else, it might be six months, a year, two years. And for some people, it will never be that breed of dog again. They'll say, I'll get another dog, but I'm not getting another, I don't know, liver cocker. Like I'll get a black one or I'll get a, or I'll get a Labrador or I'll get a complete, because actually it's too close to home because I don't feel, and what I think is quite interesting is people say, I don't feel like I can love both of them. And I'm like, grief is not, it's not a service that we provide to our dogs that have died. They don't want us to grieve. They want us to get on with life and and have other dogs. And they're just jealous that they don't get to play with them. But it's about, it's about, it's okay. You can love both of them. You can grieve the dog you've lost and learn to bond with the dog that you've got. But only when you're ready. And it sounds to me like the situation with Heidi is you just weren't ready. And actually, if it had been two weeks, five weeks, six months, a year later, you might have had a very different relationship with that second dog. Absolutely. Like when I look back, when she, when literally the same day Heidi had died, my dad, I'd gone to school. I didn't know that she had passed. I'd gone to school. And when I came back, dad was there with this new puppy. And I was like, but that puppy's not Heidi. But also, that puppy had none of Heidi's traits. Heidi was quite boisterous. She was quite, um, like, she was quite fun to be around. She had so much energy. And this pup was quite timid and quite nervous and, and not the same dog. So, you know, we think, oh, can you replace one with another? And you're quite right. It, it's not a position of replacement. But I think in our community, especially if you are working on estates, there is a practicality where you probably do have backup puppy because you start seeing older, you know, the older age coming on your dog. And you sometimes see it way before they get to um, an age of dying, it's just an age of not being able to work anymore. And we bring in these do- younger dogs to start training alongside the older dog. So we we do have that loss, of course we do, and we do have that grief, but we've also we've got something else that we've already fallen in love with. I think yeah. that makes it a, not easier, but it makes the transition different to those who've got no other dog in the house. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, my, my situation is, is great. You know, I bought exactly the same crossbreeding dog, exactly the same colour, two massively different personalities. So when Fudge dies, Scout will never replace Fudge because he's a completely different dog. Um, although, and he, they look different, but even though actually, if you look at a distance, they're both, they're both big brown dogs. Um, and so absolutely, if you've got multiple dogs, the grief is still no different, but you still are focusing on on life um, and you still have to focus on another dog. So if you're going through this kind of complicated grief, this traumatic grief, there's generally a huge amount of intense sorrow and pain over the loved one's death, which is completely normal. There's often constant rumination around how they passed away. If we're talking, it's an unexpected death where it's it's through a sudden medical episode or an injury etc the inability to accept their death is generally that period is longer or the fact that they feel completely numb and detached over it they just can't do it or they feel very very bitter about it then there's often this kind of idea of a loss of meaning or purpose in life where people when I hear people often say look I don't I don't want to I don't want to get another dog I want to give up gun dog training I don't want to do this and I'm like just take your time first inability to carry out normal life so they kind of get very stuck in that kind of pit of despair and sometimes depending if you were there 
the belief that you could you caused it or you could have prevented the death and if that's that if that's in at play the grief becomes much more complex um and and in some extreme cases it feel that feeling of being despondent or wishing that you died along with them and that's that can happen with dogs it's it's rare as in with people but sometimes we have that belief as well and i would say if, if you ever experience those very complex symptoms later on getting some therapy around it would be really helpful and and i've certainly treated people um who've gone through the trauma of having a dog die in front of them um whether they've been hit by a car or has been an accident on a sheet because actually it, it's harder for them to process and sometimes you do need the external support not everybody but some people do yeah, because I think it's probably in in those circumstances with old age, you can't play the what if game because what if we can't stop time? You know, it's it's not that yeah. game to play. But with a younger dog, what if I hadn't taken them out today? What if I'd not done that? What if I hadn't sent them on that retrieve? What if I hadn't pushed them so far? You know, it's it's playing that sort of game with yourself. When we're talking as well about grief and like how we feel our dogs. There's without doubt dog dog to dog grief as well, isn't it? When a dog yeah. is lost from a, a group of dogs. Yeah. And there's and it seems to be from from what I've read, and I've done quite a lot of reading on it because I find it a very interesting topic as how dogs correlate with each other and, and kind of communicate and negotiate and bond, is you you'll find one or the other. The, the dog will either adjust very well and it, they will seem like they're not really grieving at all and they've adjusted. Um, or the dog will grieve quite strongly um, and it's it's you, you're then not, not only dealing with your grief but potentially the dogs that are are still there their grief as well and and how they're adjusting and, and I think it does to some degree depend on the amount of dogs so I think if there's just two quite well bonded dogs um, it's likely to be more different than if you've kind of got a pack of dogs if you've got like four five six dogs um, that will probably be different uh, but yes, from from what I know of the theory is is dogs either adjust exceptionally well, and it's almost like they've not noticed, um, or there will be this period of lethargy where the dog might stop eating, stop interacting, seem quite lethargic, and and be going through kind of this depressive phase themselves. I always find it interesting in our group when people talk about grief and like how they're feeling and how they see the rest of their pack or their other dogs dealing with it all is the concept um and i i've only found it in dogs it might be in other animals as well is this concept of like rainbow bridge you see it quite well my dogs you know going over rainbow bridge I, I don't know the history that behind that and maybe i'm asking you and you don't know the history behind that but do you think like the signif this sort of signification of a passing over or the dog passing over it helps us yeah absolutely and and we want to have this belief and it depends on your faith absolutely depends on your faith that our dogs are in a big old field somewhere all playing with each other having the time of their life just waiting for us to turn up um and some of us believe that they're all together some of us might believe that all our dogs are waiting for us and my god if you've got through a lot of dogs that is going to be some welcome wherever you arrive um but it it, it gives us a sense of comfort the same way with with bereavements of humans is, is for some people, they're quite pragmatic and they maybe don't have a belief that, that we go somewhere, that we have a soul and, and that goes on, on to something else. But I think it's really important to think about your faith in that area, about where does that work? And we will have people that are part of the group that have all sorts of different faiths. But most of us want to believe that our dogs are at peace, that they're no longer in pain, that they're no longer suffering. And that if we believe they go anywhere, it's a better place. 
And that does give us comfort because none of us, none of us are selfish enough to want to keep our dog in pain just because we don't want to let them go. And I think that's 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 the best thing we can ever do for our dog is make the decision that their their emotions are more important than ours. Like we are happy to let them go because it's the best thing for them and we will deal with the pain rather than them. And I think that's quite a, a beautiful thing that we can do for our dogs, which we can't do for humans. Without doubt, I see you like in the in the group really, really, you know, it's better a week too early than a day too late. And, you know, 100%. I think we're in a unique position with our pets in the fact that we don't have to watch them suffer and we have more control than, than we do with our human family. You know, we aren't uh, able to control their journey that we, we've just left the medical profession. But for us with our dog, we can end pain, we can end suffering. Um, and I think that it's not nice that they've got to be like put to sleep, but it's nice we can stop the suffering. For me, I think as a as a dog owner, that is the greatest gift we can give to our animals is we can choose for them to have a peaceful end to their life because they've already given us so much. The least we can give back to them is a peaceful ending, although we don't like it. Actually, when we think about it, grief is a really selfish thing. And I mean that in the kindest way, because grief is that we can't see that dog again. We can't play with that dog. We can take them for a walk. We can't get cuddles with them. It's nothing to do with the dog. It's about us. We don't like that feeling that we can't, we don't get to see them anymore. So it's the, mo- it's the most beautiful, unselfish thing that we can do for our dogs to go, actually, my emotions are going to take a back burner here. Like, I know I'm going to hurt and I know it's going to be horrible and I know it's going to be painful. But right now you are more important than my emotions and I get to give you that gift, which I think is pretty special. And as dog owners, it is it is probably the biggest decision we'll ever make for our animals. And it's one of the most responsible and caring decisions we can make for our animals, which is which is, you know, really a very loving decision to make. Finally, for sort of like listeners who are currently going through like this incredibly painful journey, um, What's the like one message of hope or reassurance that you'd like them to take away from today's podcast? So the first thing is what I've said before, which is grief never goes away. We just learn to incorporate it better into our life. And and you will learn to incorporate it better. It might not be today, it might not be tomorrow, it might not be next month, but you will. Um, And the other thing that I would say is if you choose to get another dog, you have infinite love in your heart for every single dog you have owned and every single dog you will own. There will always be space to love the dogs you've lost. Also love the dogs that you still have and the dogs you will be going on to have. So never, ever feel, we feel that it's somehow a disservice or we're doing something wrong. You have you have endless love in your heart. You can love your partner, your children and your dog. There's no reason why you can't love the dogs you've lost and go on to love more. It's a, it's a very beautiful thing, the fact that we have this endless love that we can give to things. So although you may not be ready today or tomorrow or next week, and that's fine, if at some point you are, you are never replacing the dog you've lost. That will never happen because it's a very special relationship that you've had but you can go on to have an amazing new relationship with a different dog if you choose to. Uh, well, I hope this uh, podcast um, episode has given some comfort and some understanding and some actionable advice that Emma's given us for like listeners who are grieving or for those of us who are not grieving at the moment, but may want to make plans for the future to know how we're going to um, deal with everything. Uh, thank you, Emma. Um, this 
I can't believe we haven't done this podcast before now because as we go through it, I'm actually thinking, wow, this is probably something our community needed to be in here as like a as like a cornerstone of of support. So I'm really really pleased that we've done it, uh, even though it's not the, the nicest of topics. Um, for our listeners who are listening in, please send us your feedback, what you thought. Put it in the fan community, put it on the society members lounge, send it to us in an email. We really like to hear your feedback. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to review. And we look forward to speaking to you all next week. That's a wrap on today's episode of Founded Fetched It. Thanks for listening. If you found our conversation valuable, please could you do us a favor and subscribe and leave a review so other people just like me and you can find the podcast. For the ladies out there who are passionate about gun dog training and want more tips, live sessions and a community that gets it, you're welcome to join our membership. Just visit www.thelwdg.com to learn more. Until next time, keep working with your gun dog and take care.